0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges, and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks.
1: We're so glad you've joined us today. This is Digital Voices and your voice of chief digital officers across health and life sciences. Today, we're going to talk about the really important relationship between the chief marketing officer and the chief digital officer or CIO. So I can't think of any better duo to talk to us about that than my friends who you'll hear from in just a minute. And it really made me reflect as we prepared for this conversation with chief marketing officer about the one that I served with at New York City before I arrived at the Cleveland Clinic. And we always talk about, you know, who is the most interesting man in the world? And this CMO was truly the most interesting man in the world. So I think at the time, this would have been four or five years ago, the latest episode in the Star Wars saga was coming out. So someone had mentioned, oh, yeah, we're going to go see the latest Star Wars movie. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I went and saw the very first one. And I went out, you know, I was on a date with uh, Carrie Fisher. So he actually went to the, whatever they call it, when the movies first came out, the debut, and his date was Princess Leia. And so another time, our one of my colleagues, who was the chief medical information officer, he was talking about a new record he had recorded. And of course, the most interesting man in the world says, oh, that reminds me of the time that I was at this bar in New York City, You know, it was like three in the morning and things were closing up. And some guy had a new song in his head and he wanted to record it. So I said, hey, come on over to my house and record the song. And it was Bob Dylan. And it was one of his biggest hits were recorded in the basement studio of my buddy. And so it's like, wow, this is pretty good. This is pretty cool. And so we worked really closely together in New York City because we were doing some huge transformation initiatives. And as a result of that working relationship, things went really, really well and we really understood each other and respected one another. So when I came to the Cleveland Clinic, I had high expectations. And sure enough, they were met in Paul Matson, the Cleveland Clinic Chief Marketing Officer. And so you'll understand immediately why that's the case. And then I got to work quite a bit with the CDO, CIO, his colleague, Matt Call. So these are two fantastic individuals that are my friends first and have served with them. And they're just Awesome. And so with that introduction, Paul, I'm going to start with you, and then go to Matt. We always ask everyone, what's your favorite music? So like when you like to chill or maybe not chill, what do you like to listen to?
2: Yeah, when I saw this question, I, I uh, tried to think, well, maybe I should say something really cool and creative that my three daughters would like. But the reality is my musical tastes are still pretty old school with what I grew up with, Um Having grown up in New York and New Jersey, I still love Springsteen, still love Billy Joel. Um, branch out a lot, Listen, love things like Darius Rucker, uh, mix in a little country music, but uh, those are still, you know, people like Springsteen, Joel Seeger, that's probably dating myself, but that's still my go-to music.
1: No, no, they're they're awesome. And, and every time Billy Joel comes back to the city playing Madison Square Garden, he sells out like three or four or five nights in a row. It's crazy.
2: I went to see him so, in the garden. Uh, they hung his uh, jersey up in the rafters for the most performances in the garden. Uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: Wow, yeah, that's incredible. That reminds me, too, Paul, when I first showed up and I was interviewing, and you were interviewing me at the clinic, and I was wearing New York City Subway token uh, cufflinks. And uh, you recognize, recognized those right off the bat. And I remember that was like our first sort of connect you know, with the city and – And uh, things went really well from there. So, hey, Matt, talk to us about your music. What kind of music do you like to listen to? So, for me,
0: it's Nina Simone, Etta Etta James, uh, Billie Holiday. I was born two or three generations too late, according to my music taste.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I love me some Etta Jones. And uh, I'm I'm forgetting the entire title. Maybe you know it. And if you don't, that's cool, too. But Sunday, it talks about Sunday, like... uh, has the word Sunday in it Mm -hmm. and it's really um, Uh, one of my chill music you're talking about, but I'm not going to sing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, great to have both of you. And is there a a life message or mantra that you live by? So these are these couple of questions just gets our audience a little bit familiar with you on the personal side. And, you know, is there a word to live by for either one of you? So Paul, we'll start with you.
2: You know, from a, from an overall context you know especially since work is still such a big part of my life obviously at this stage um you know one my philosophy is about communication you know if i if if the people i'm with whether it's in my personal life or my professional life if we have good open transparent communication uh then we have a great chance of being successful um, teamwork working together that's always essential especially Here at Cleveland Clinic, as you know, it's part of our history and our DNA, but I think that's true of whatever you do in life. And then I think the third most important part of uh, this is always to be looking forward. You know, it's fine to take a little time, look back, take lessons learned, but keep looking forward, leaning in, trying to find the next thing you should be focused on, focused on what's the next opportunity to grow, either personally or professionally.
1: Yeah, I love that. What about you, Matt?
2: You know, mine,
0: mine is really all about decision making. And I think it's that you have to make decisions like it's going to be on the front page of every newspaper tomorrow morning. And if you can always live on the side of a good story, you're making the right decisions. And when you get too close to the edge, you got to go back and rethink that. If you don't, if you don't want your, your wife or your daughter or your mom to to read that, it's just that's not the right way to go.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good litmus test, Matt. Thanks a lot. So, in order for our audience to get to know both of you a little bit further as we dive into sort of the CMO, CDO relationship, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey. So, Matt, we'll start with you this time. Just a little bit about yourself, you know, and how you got to where you are.
0: You know, from, if going back to the very beginning when I used to install car stereos in Oakland, California. Um, you know, I,
1: I've had a really interesting
0: an interesting journey. I, I started my technology career during the Y2K, um, you know, massacre that was about to happen ahead of 2000 when the whole economy was going to collapse. That was a bit of a disappointment watching that fizzle out. But uh, I was promised that in my Y2K stocks were going to make me a gazillionaire overnight. And when that didn't happen, I started consulting and landed a, a bunch of different in a bunch of different industries and finally came to healthcare and and fell in love with it and really started on the chronic disease and specialty pharma side um, and got my first big CIO job when I became the CIO of uh, Parkland Hospital in Dallas, one of the country's largest safety net hospitals. And a good friend of mine pulled me away from there and uh, drug me to Cleveland Clinic. And so uh, I was very excited about that. I guess I need to tip my hat and thank you for that one.
1: No, that's awesome. And Parkland is one of the most modern technology advanced uh, hospitals still today, even after you, know, you had led them through that transition transformation uh, several years ago. So kudos to you and you're doing the same thing at the Cleveland Clinic now, it's very awesome. Paul, what about you? What, what's been your career journey? Cause yours is really, really interesting as well coming from another industry.
2: Yes, I think I have a pretty unique journey. I almost look at my career as having had three distinct phases. Uh, When I graduated from uh, Rutgers, my first uh, professional step was working in the advertising business in New York. I can actually say I worked on Madison Avenue. Uh, I don't know that I qualify as one of the mad men. I I missed that era by a few years, but uh, it was an incredible learning experience uh, working with incredibly creative people, talented people, as you can imagine, working on a broad array of businesses. So it was a great way to get a lot of different experiences very, very quickly. Um, From there, I moved to work for Delta Airlines. Uh, It was a big transition, leaving an agency environment for a corporate environment. It was an interesting time to be joining Delta. The industry was going through tremendous transition. Uh, Delta was becoming a global company. I joined them as the vice president of consumer marketing, uh, overseeing things like advertising, the loyalty program, SkyMiles, Um, uh, promotions and and so forth, sponsorships. Uh, But after two years, I moved over and became the head of corporate strategy for three years, uh, including a brief stint being heavily involved in information technology. And then eventually I moved into the role of uh, overseeing international partnerships and alliances. So I did an immense amount of travel, helped to build the Sky Team Global Alliance, uh, and then chief marketing officer. Uh, I left the company while well, the company was in Chapter Eleven. Unfortunately, after uh, the nine eleven attacks, several years later, all the major airlines ended up in Chapter Eleven. I was looking for my next opportunity. I had this vague idea that healthcare might be a fit, um, and Cleveland Clinic opportunity uh, was presented to me, and I had a chance to meet Dr. Toby Cosgrove. And uh, even though it seemed like a real stretch out of the box, um, I took the opportunity and. Have been here since, so it's been uh, it's been an incredible experience, uh, and I had no idea how little I knew about healthcare until I settled <laughs> into this job.
1: Now you've done amazing. I mean, the the testimony is clear. The evidence is clear with that. So, Paul, let's stick with you. What's the typical role? So, again, our audience is primarily chief digital officers across health and life sciences. What would be a typical role of a Chief Marketing Officer, and what are the touch points uh, with tech, especially digital now, right, in the last several years?
2: Yeah, I think when I joined uh, the Cleveland Clinic, the role of uh, Chief Marketing Officer in healthcare was relatively new. A lot of the roots of uh, marketing in healthcare came out of public affairs or public relations, and the role was very much defined by dealing with the press, the media, uh, doing advertising and sponsorships, promotions. Um, and uh, it was an industry that was very slow to embrace or see the potential of digital at first. Um, when I joined Cleveland Clinic, we had four people working in what was then called internet marketing. Um, you know, fast forward to today, I think, you know, any CEO, CMO who's going to be successful in healthcare or anywhere, digital is part of everything that we do whether it's paid media, uh, advertising or paid search, that's predominantly digital. Uh, if it's our uh, earned media outreach, we have our own digital newsroom in addition to our traditional efforts, of course, social media, uh, and then our owned media, which is our website, including our health library um, and all the digital content that we create. Digital content has become a huge part of our strategy. so. Uh, Matt and I have talked about this, you know, the the digital is is a key part of everything that we do. It's part of building our brand. Uh, Digital sources are the key drivers of our brand awareness. Uh, It's part of our patient experience, and that's increasingly uh, where Matt and I intersect in our roles, and um, it's also part of acquiring patients. So uh, really, we touch virtually every area of the enterprise as uh, information technology and the chief digital officer does. And um, digital touch points have become really essential. I developed a mantra several years ago. Everything we did needed to be digital, mobile, and measurable. And I don't really need to say that anymore because the organization has made the transition down that path.
1: No, that's really good uh, explanation. And uh, you're certainly one of the, the leaders in, in bending that direction and, and leading the rest of many of your peers that way. So Matt, how do you ensure a strong relationship with a chief marketing officer?
0: We have very close coordination between our two teams respectively. Our, our leaders, those who face uh, the web, who face mobile, who face our, our virtual chat bots, all collaborate because there's a symbiotic relationship between marketing, not just in the traditional outreach way, but you know what are the strategies around how we nudge people to be more involved in their health, how we educate people through our health library. And we wanna be able to deliver those across all communication channels, as well as making sure that we have the right links between specialty page and content and virtual chat box. So these AI tools that we're using have the right information when we reach out to a, when a patient connects through one of those web bots. It's really critical that the delivery of information, the clinical content, and the technology all align. So myself and Paul, we work closely with the physicians in each area to make sure that that, that stays uh, consistent.
1: Yeah, those are some good best practices. So, Paul, you, you alluded to a couple already, but maybe there's one or two examples of some pretty uh maybe unique or maybe just some impactful things that the two of you, so marketing and digital IT have worked on together. You know, you talked a little bit about the brand, the intersection with uh, patient experience. Is there one or two areas specifically that you'd wanna highlight?
2: Well, one that we're actually working on right now is a project that we call Access and Digital Transformation. And as the organization is moving forward, we realize to grow, but also to serve our patients well, we need to open up access and let patients interact with us in the ways that they want to. And of course that means opening up um, digital channels for patients to make online appointments, uh, to interact with us in new ways, such as using chatbots to use a technology to uh, make their navigation through the healthcare experience better. So Matt and I are actually um, two of the leaders of a team working with our continuous improvement group uh, that have been um, leading a key part of this process. Uh, so there's work to be done on structure and policy to standardize the way we create uh, access for with physician's templates and physician's time. Um, but then at the same time, we have to figure out how we make that work through the patient journey. So from the, like we say in marketing, the top of the funnel, it starts with search and content for health information, finding a physician, and then being able to seamlessly make an appointment. So working together with Matt and his team to understand the journey, understand the tools that are uh, going to be available to us. Matt's led the whole implementation of a new CRM and we're leveraging a lot of those tools. Uh, so that ultimately we can produce an experience that uh, empowers patients and really guides them to the next step in the process. We've had some great examples, a chatbot that we delivered early on uh, to help COVID patients, uh, people screen themselves for COVID. We've just deployed a new chatbot on our website, a very successful callback program uh, to get people to return safely to care, uh, so I'm really excited because I think we're very much in the early stage of this journey.
1: Yeah, that's a great example of how important it is and what the benefits are of both sides working together, both the marketing side as well as the tech side. So that's really super, Matt. How do you incorporate Paul or Paul's team, the CMO, in planning and strategy? So obviously you have to because of the examples already shared. But are there some proactive ways that you do that, that, you know, are there regular meetings, are there committees or, or just how you do in the practical way? You know, the most
0: empathetic thing that we can do for our patients is to meet them exactly the way they want to be met. And today in in our consumer world, we continue to kind of lay those building blocks that give our patients the same experience that they've had in every other industry that they meet on a day to day basis. And to do that, engagement is an enormous part of it. And engaging and captivating our patients is what our marketing team knows how to do the best. And so, as we align technologies, we bring marketing, and not just from a branding perspective, not just from a, a usage and look and feel. So we maintain consistency across our mobile apps and across our portals and across our internal signage. But they have to be a, a part of the team that's making the design decision about what each interaction is going to look like, because an organization as large as Cleveland Clinic it can be challenging to wayfind but if we can obfuscate that complexity of our organization through our digital channel and we can make sure that the email they receive and the text that they receive and the the face on the mobile app that they look at are all similar marketing is is the glue between all of those different technologies on what the patient sees and so in all designs, we have Paul's tech teams assigned with us. We have creative designers and communication people, staff that are constantly involved in everything that we're working on. And if you, Paul mentioned the CRM, you know, we took, a, we took a really early look at kind of as we started to reactivate our organization as non-essential procedures started to be allowed again in, in uh, Ohio it was important that we could connect with patients in a meaningful way to get them the care that they so desperately needed. And there was a lot of uncertainty about coming back to the hospital. Well, marketing developed messages for us, and we used the CRM to develop communication channels so that we could reach patients in a way that was accessible and approachable to them. But most importantly, was that we started to build a picture of the relationship. And so now we have two equal, two co-equal components of our human record, our patient record, which is our EHR, and our relationship record, which is our CRM. Hmm. But those things wouldn't be possible without a tight relationship with marketing.
1: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Really great examples and really practical on how you accomplish that. So let's say that uh, Paul will start with you, but same question, Matt, coming to you after Paul, and that is, Speaking to your peers, let's say they don't have such a great relationship today with their chief digital officer. What might you recommend uh, as a first step for them to sort of bridge that gap? I know uh, I'm asking almost the impossible here, Paul, because you don't we don't know what the specific circumstance that might have led to a gap. But let's just assume it was just a natural gap. What might might that person do? One or two things to really bridge that gap and reach out to the CDO.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And I think uh, CIOs and CEOs have incredibly challenging roles with the, the complex array of issues they have to deal with. You know, everything from cybersecurity threats to dealing with, uh, in our case, the electronic medical record and all the complexity, the infrastructure. So I think for chief marketing officers, we have to have an appreciation that. You know we're one of many priorities that a chief digital officer is managing but within that context i think it, the responsibility on the chief marketing officer side is try to uh schedule some time formalize some time in a, such a busy environment um to uh, have a virtual conversation with the cdo make sure you've, get, you, you've structured you structured in a way so that it's productive you know, be, I stressed early on my passion around communication and teamwork. You know, really try to make sure you're being open and communicating what your priorities are, um, where you are looking for their assistance, and also be open to their input and ideas. Because I think um, you know it's, it could really harm a relationship if you think it's a one-way. You're there to make a request and make an ask, but you're not receptive to feedback and conversation. I think that's uh, the the oil that makes the process work. And, you know, I found with working with Matt, you know, he's always willing to engage not just with me, but other senior members of my team. I think he appreciates and respects the work we've done. Uh, and he's also prepared to give us constructive feedback and guidance when we need it. And, you know, we've benefited from our relationship uh, with Matt and his team because, there's a lot they're doing on building tools, resources, infrastructure that we couldn't get to on our own. And, um, you know, just because of the the resources and and, uh, funding available within the organization. But again, for example, what's going on with the CRM program, we're going to benefit immensely uh, from the work that's being done for the enterprise. And uh, so I think it's finding those common those areas of common ground, being open uh, and being respectful of all the other competing priorities that they have.
1: Oh, that's really great. Matt, Paul had it easy because he got to go first and he probably took half your answers, but going back the other way, what what are some, one or two things you'd tell some of your peers on how to work well with your, your chief marketing officer?
0: You know, I think the, the historic default for technology executives is that they're comfortable with the things they can control. And I think, We have to start thinking a little differently you know the in this era of kind of the post covid cambrian explosion of digital adoption is that you know we as technology professionals need to think about enablement how do we create a platform with services and across the enterprise that can create utility for everyone you don't have to own the every single step in messaging a patient you just have to create a really great usable um, and broadly accepted messaging service that you can push out to the edge so that people like Paul's team could take advantage of it. And, and I think that when you start to you know turn the volume down a little bit and listen to the needs, it's really easy to create these great, great services and utilities for everyone. And then you're not having a conversation about what is it you want to do, I'll build it for you and control it. You're having a, a, a more of a conversation of, hey, Paul, Let me talk to you about these great tools that we have. And by the way, here's your instruction manual, and we're here to help you if you need it, but this is for you to build with your team. So you get kind of the consistency across the organization of how technology and data and patient interactions happen, but at the same time, you're empowering the people that are driving and the other business leaders that are actually driving some of the the outreach and the content and the capability. And so it becomes more of a symbiotic ecosystem than a here's IT, here's your here's your platform, or here's your application, or where are your requirements and we'll build it when we can get to it. So I think we've got a, a really good relation that shift that way. And I think that we all as as health leaders would be um, well served to think more about think more of services and platforms than just monolithic applications going forward.
1: Yeah, this this has been Time uh, tremendously spent. I hope uh, the audience feels the same way, but I know I I really got a a lot out of it. Uh, You can tell so much about the culture of your organization in your speech and how you uh, serve with one another, Uh, but it's just chock full of uh, practical things that you can do actionable steps in order to work really well with your peers across the CDO, CIO, and the chief marketing officer, I keep wanting to say chief medical officer, but uh, marketing officer. But actually, some of the things that we talked about are whole true for anyone, right? Any peers in an organization on how to work well together, because ultimately, as you both pointed out multiple times, it's all about the patient, the patient experience and the empathy. And you can tell why the Cleveland Clinic is where it is. And, and in large part, thanks to you all and your, your teams, your team of teams, as it were. So thank you for being my guest.
0: Thanks for having us,
1: Ed. Thank you, Ed. It was a lot of fun.
2: Really enjoyed
1: it. (laughs) Yeah. So that wraps this drop for Digital Voices, and we'll speak with you soon. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT.
0: Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review.
1: And most importantly, thanks again for listening.